So here we are hanging out together. Thanks for spending a little bit of time with me. I'm just going to sip my coffee and eat a bite of scone and contemplate a common expression. I want to explore this morning with you the phrase, change is good, you go first. (laughs) This commonly, most often humorously highlights our very, very human resistance to change. Despite acknowledging the benefits, and while we can agree change can be good, we might find ourselves hesitant to take that first step. There's been lots of leadership research out there that talks about it's the first follower that has the hard step. Often when leaders are leading and people want to go along, it's the first follower that sets the tone for everybody else to make it okay for them to step in. And we might be hesitant to take that first step for lots of reasons. So this episode is dedicated to some root cause analysis of human behavior when it comes to change is good, you go first. So the exact origins of this saying are difficult to pinpoint. It has been a workplace joke when passed around uh, when change is being discussed and hesitantly implemented. And while I haven't been able to attribute it specifically to a writer or speaker or other public figure, we just know that it shows up in titles and articles and lots of sources when managing change or even challenges to innovation. The phrase, change is good, you go first, is just really a lighthearted reminder, maybe, of the natural human inclination to avoid an unfamiliar or uncertain certain set of circumstances, even when we recognize the change may be beneficial. So what do we do with this? I want you, again, endlessly curious. All behaviors motivated. All behaviors motivated. The question is, by what? And while this is episode 69 today, this is part of a 10-episode blitz on behavior during change at work. So employees resist change for a variety of reasons. Some of those reasons are rational. Others are have more of a strong emotional base. Fear of the unknown. This is one of the most common reasons why people resist change. They don't know how the change will affect them, and the uncertainty is unsettling. So many times we tell people you need to change, we just don't tell them what to change to. Now, in the employment world, of course, there are some pretty significant fears that show up. Fear of losing job security, fear of loss of status or power, right? Change can alter power dynamics or a status within an organization, which some who might be motivated by that see it as threatening. We are also just plain creatures of habit. We like doing things the way we've always done and see no reason to change. So tell me what, tell you what, I'll change as long as you go first, because if you're okay with it, then I might feel a little bit more motivated to get out of my comfort zone. 
sometimes we just don't have the skills. Sometimes the timing is wrong. Sometimes we just don't trust the people who are implementing the change. If we don't understand the reasons, if we feel excluded, we're going to hesitate. So consider this morning or whatever time of day you're listening to me, consider out loud, what's this about? How do you get curious about that? Oh, why do I not? As soon as you're tempted to say, "Mm, change is good, you go first. Is it your snarky voice or is it just a genuine pause of something doesn't feel right yet? Or maybe the timing isn't where we need it. I know recently I ran into one where I said this. And it was because there was a past failure just nagging at my gut. I hadn't done something well and I was struggling with it. Right? It's part of life. Human, going to make some mistakes. And I was hesitant to step into it again because I previously messed it up. People were giving me an opportunity to. Nobody was sitting there saying, Selena, you messed it up last time. We think you're going to mess it up this time. No, they gave me a chance to do it again. Okay, maybe not the past failure again, but an opportunity to lean in and make it right. And it was more in my head than it was theirs. Because sometimes peer pressure influences us, right? We might be resistance. But here I was getting peer pressure to lean in, not step out. What can we do to overcome that resistance to really think about how we bring others along? Now, when I felt like I had support, that was a huge, huge moment to cross that gap and go, okay, I'll step in. What might we do for each other? So look around you. When you see someone else go, hmm, you go first. What is that hesitancy about and how can you help them see it in a new way? I think it's great for all of us as we hang out here together, considering this organizational life that I have committed my professional time to. I think it's great for us to know ourselves better. You hang out with me long, you know I do a whole lot of stuff around self-awareness and self-management. But let's flip that for this episode. When you hear someone else hesitating, when they are waiting for you to go first, how do you bring them with you? How could you understand what is it that is motivating that behavior and help them through it? Because you could be just the very one person, one conversation, one brainstorming session, one supportive voice that they need to hear to go, wait a minute, I got this. I can do this. One of the other areas I've been spending a lot of time in within my own practice is what kinds of changes are coming up within organizations that involve resistance from employees. So I'm always looking around the environment to understand how the environment is impacting individual behavior and team behavior. Because again, remember, it's all connected. I 
do something and my environment gives me a response. That was a good choice. That was not such a good choice. It's always in relationship with. If you've ever studied psychology or sociology, sometimes we refer to the fact that psychology, if something happens or the person does something, psychology is the look inward. You look into that person to figure out why. Sociology is the look outside of that person and what's going on in context. And when I was working on my undergraduate studies, right, I was straddling both departments. And admittedly, I had amazing professors who told me I really should pick one or the other. And and leave it to me, the last 30 years of non-conforming to a pathway, right, which is me, I've really still tried to do the mix. Now there's some overall arcing. Certainly there are connections and there's research and there's names for it, but I love that mix. So what is it that's that's encouraging that behavior? That individual right? That there are lots of reasons for their particular behavior. Could be internal, could be external. So I made a list of what are some of the key drivers for significant behavior impact within an organization. So this is a little bit more to practice your environmental scanning during this episode. What is going on around that person? Now, that person may have their own wants, thoughts, desires, needs, personality, traits, and characteristics, and patterns, and all those things, right? All those reasons. Let's go outside for a moment. What is going on in that environment that may be pushing more resistance? Technology upgrades. Anyone had one recently? Okay, now y'all can put your hand down, right? So we decide to implement a new software system that requires employees to abandon what I knew and learn a new one fear of unknown, concerns about can I, or just (laughs) golden days, nostalgia. I loved the old system. Even if I used to complain about the old system, I still love it, right? Especially when you take it away from me. Organizational restructuring, this I am seeing right now with a number of my clients so that we move people around, we change roles or reporting structures or Uh, Again, we could add in mergers and acquisitions. So now we have concerns about job security, a shift in power dynamics again, or even just fears of job redundancies and mergers and acquisitions, cultural clashes, or shifts again in power dynamics where I had power and it was important to me or I had influence over my work or a decision-making ability over the the parts of my job that allow me to feel productive or contributing, and it shifts. When we've seen a shift in company culture or values, maybe a new set of values or a different emphasis for our culture, long-standing employees who were used to the old ways might resist. And I hear this when companies grow too. Could be for just great reasons like, We're providing more services. We've expanded. We're more solid as a company. We add good things, but there's still this nostalgia to, but I liked it that way, or I knew everybody then, or I, right? Might be policy changes, alterations in work hours, dress code, remote work policies, or benefits, right? As soon as it changes, people grieve. 
And if they're detrimental to their well-being or work-life balance, resistance is going to increase. Relocation, moving people. We are seeing this in the on-site hybrid and remote work discussions now. When I have gained personal conveniences and decreased my commute time and find more value in having some time back in my life, if my job is able to be done remotely, what does that look like? I was recently asked, what's my position on that? And I'm going to share that with you here briefly, because I think it's it's such an important conversation going on and as we redesign our workplaces now. And that is, uh, it depends. Huh, sorry, that wasn't right. It depends. It depends on what the strategy of your business is. It depends on what the nature of your work is. It depends on the scaffolding or the infrastructure that you have within your company. The key is we need people doing the jobs that are necessary in order to drive organizational results, remote and hybrid work in some types of businesses, remote and hybrid work in some organizations where they have put the structures in place, put uh, those components in place that will help drive results no matter where people are working. So the demands of you must be back on site, to me, We have to explain the why, not just to demand it, but to talk about why will that help drive business results. And in a lot of the demands happening right now for bringing people back on site, I'm just not hearing a lot of the why behind it. What is the business case? People won't cross the gap unless they know the why. Okay, a couple of other uh, uh, points of resistance to change that might cause us to go, no, you go first. Introduction of new work processes, right? When we implement new methodologies or procedures, we can face resistance. Change in job roles or responsibilities. Again, we might resist due to fears of inadequacy, increased workloads, or even just the stepping into unfamiliar territory. Okay, so what are we supposed to do, right? Think about how we can understand the challenges and reasons for resistance. How can we recognize the specific concerns and address them directly to help manage and mitigate that resistance? Adapting to change, especially in the work environment, can be challenging. However, we can see potential benefits of change, even embrace it. So what's my list for you today? Educate yourself. The more you can understand the reason behind the change, the easier it may be to accept it. Seek information, ask questions, get clarity on purpose. And what are the expected outcomes of the change? Now, a few moments ago, I said flip it. If it's not you, it's someone else. How can you educate them? Focus on the positive. If you're the one going through it, instead of immediately thinking about what might be lost or how things might be worse, what are the potential benefits or opportunities? If you're flipping it, tell them. Make sure you can lay out for them what are the benefits to help them through the moment when they're not seeing it. A lot of this does take choosing a growth mindset, seeing change as an opportunity to learn, grow, and develop new skills. This is the way we approach it in curiosity rather than fear. 
So when we are looking at the situation around us to do some root cause analysis and we see the reason why the resistance is popping up and our first hesitancy to be, oh, not me, you go. Let's open up communication. Let's seek some support. Let's remind ourselves that staying flexible and adaptable opens doors to new opportunities. I often remind audiences and workplaces that I spend time in to focus on what you can control for. Focus those aspects that you influence. It is so easy to get stuck on all the things we cannot change. And this is a renewable source. It doesn't, you just choose today to take control where you can. You may forget that 10 minutes from now when five more emails hit your inbox and you feel like this is impossible. Reframe the situation, stay proactive, visualize your future. Choose to take that first step. Now, change is good, you go first. I believe if your gut is telling you like something's up here, maybe that pause needs to serve you for you to ask some more questions, for you to get some more data or perspective. But when you hear yourself pause, who around you can flip this with you? Or if you are that person for someone else, right, work on it together. Stay updated. Celebrate the small wins. Ultimately, the ability to see good in change at work comes to perspective, attitude, and strategies employed to navigate the change. Embracing change can lead us to all sorts of good things. I was recently in a conversation where They had said, God, we just didn't want this whole string of activities or actions to happen. And now we can't imagine life any differently than where it landed us. I'm betting it won't take you long to think of your own example that fits that. I knew as soon as I heard them say it, I could list off a whole bunch for me. Life shifts us. Change is going to happen. What do we need to do to take that next best step together? On behalf of the Workplace Chameleon, please, 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 please learn something new today and just encourage other people to do it. world would be a better place. Smash some of those mental health stigmas. And as I continue to tell my adult daughters, make good choices. Until next time, this is Dr. Selena. Selena.